Hey guys, welcome back to the Road to Madness podcast. I'm Mindong. I'm Magiguya. 22 days until the 2020 season begins. Yeah, approaching three weeks left. Um, today's election day, obviously. So if you guys haven't voted, please vote. Make your voice heard. Yeah, everyone vote. Everyone vote. Uh, vote counts. Uh, I personally voted this morning. Uh, obviously, weirder than most times. Obviously, it's my first time voting, so it's a pretty cool experience. But uh, obviously, during the pandemic. It is very different in comparison to years past, but uh, yeah, every vote counts, so definitely make sure to vote. And uh, before we start this episode, uh, just a quick note, uh, Coach Billy Tubbs has passed away, former Oklahoma coach, uh, very legendary coach, so uh, just condolences to his family and just rest in peace to him because he was a very good coach and his time in the college basketball world. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of breaking news today. There's a lot of waivers. And today we'll be also covering the Big 12 Conference. I'm pretty excited. So uh, let's kick things off. First piece, 2021 five-star recruit Caleb Houston has committed to Michigan. 6'8 power forward from Florida. And he chooses Michigan over Duke, Alabama, and Virginia, who were in his final four. Um, Highest ranked recruit in the online recruiting era for Michigan. Uh, And he's ranked inside the top 10, top two for power forwards. Uh, Joins four stars Frankie Collins, Kobe Bufkin, and Isaiah Barnes. Michigan, they're now the top recruiting class for the class of 2021. That's unbelievable. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, this is crazy. And uh, I had to throw in the online era stat because you know what Michigan was before the online stuff. And you know the guys that came into that program uh, a long time ago. But, uh, yeah, this is a very good get for them and Caleb Houston there. And uh, that race between Michigan and Michigan State, 2021, it's going to be a very competitive race between those two interstate teams. And uh, that rivalry is definitely going to heat up a lot for next year. And uh, this year, I don't know if it will be that much of a contest. Obviously, Michigan isn't the greatest of teams, although they do bring in a couple pretty good guys. Uh, we will talk about some of them later in our waiver episode, in our waiver topic. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the 2021 class is looking very loaded for this Michigan team. I'm really excited to watch them play. And uh, it's been a while since they've been a pretty – uh, decent team. I mean, last year they didn't have the greatest of years. Started ranked and then they just kind of fell apart. But uh, I think it's a similar situation for this 2020 season. Obviously, we'll talk about them uh, relatively soon. I think next episode actually. So uh, yeah, I mean, 2021 looking to be a very good year for them. This is a very good get for this Michigan State class. Or, yeah, sorry, I'm Michigan. pretty surprised. Uh, top recruiting class. That's pretty surprising. Um, but still, Michigan State. They got Amani Bates, who was supposedly the generational talent in my opinion, also the generational talent. So definitely I still think Michigan State is is the front runner. Yeah, and uh, will he actually reclass 2021? We don't know. So uh, if he does, I think Michigan State will probably uh, dethrone Michigan from that number one spot. But uh, a lot of other um, teams are making a lot of noise for 2021 as well. And uh, one of them is Kentucky. And uh, 2021 five-star recruit, Damian Collins has committed to Kentucky. Uh, 6'9 power forward from Texas. Chooses Kentucky over Kansas, Oklahoma, Texas, and Texas Tech. Uh, Texas was actually the front runner, and then Kentucky kind of came along and took that away from them. So as a Texas fan, pretty disappointing. But uh, they uh, Collins is ranked inside the top 20 for the class of 2021. Top five for power forwards. Joins four-star recruit Bryce Hopkins and four-star Nolan Hickman as well. And Kentucky, like I said, they are now third in the recruiting class for 2021. Uh, and these past couple weeks for Kentucky, man, oh, man, it's been a pretty good one. Michigan State had that run in, run in the offseason. And these past couple weeks, it's definitely been Kentucky as that favorite. And they've done, they made the most noise these past couple weeks. 
So what are your thoughts on this commitment here for Collins? Yeah, um, Kentucky, they've been pretty quiet until this, these past two weeks. Uh, obviously, Kentucky's going to get their share of recruits as always and just terrific get here. Yeah, I definitely agree. And uh, this class will probably be the same uh, in comparison to this uh, incoming class uh, for 2020. Uh, they saw two or three five stars and then a lot of four stars. It's already looking to be that way as of right now for 2021. Obviously, still many guys left in that 2021 class to commit. So Kentucky will definitely get their fair share, like you said. So this is just a start for them. I definitely think a lot more guys will be coming pretty soon. So definitely stay tuned for Kentucky when talking about 2021 class. Mm-hmm. And last uh, high school recruit, 2021 four-star recruit, Shane Noel, has committed to Arizona. 6'5 shooting guard from Washington. And he chooses Arizona over Kansas, Washington, Oklahoma, and many, many others. Uh, inside the top 90 for 2021 and top 20 for his position, joins four-star Shane DeConzi and KJ Simpson. Uh, what are your thoughts on this for Arizona? Yeah, I mean, it's just good to see them get some uh, national prospects, not international prospects. Uh, obviously, this incoming recruiting class of 2020, mostly international. I think it's about six or seven. I don't remember the exact number, but we talked about it before on this episode, on this podcast. And uh, it's good to see the national prospects coming back to Arizona. Obviously, Sean Miller is a very good recruit, so a very good recruiter. So uh, this is just expected news here for Arizona. And uh, will they get a couple more recruits in this class? Maybe. I mean, they are a top 20 recruiting class as of right now. I, think, I believe they are 16th in my, in my uh, research. But uh, who knows what this might hold for them. If they can get a couple other guys. Maybe they can move inside the top 10. And for Pac-12 ranks, I don't know if they're first or not. I bet you they are in the top three now. Uh, but competing with Oregon for this 2021 class in the Pac-12, it might be a pretty hard one to do. But who knows if they can get, if they get probably a one five-star, maybe two five-stars under the belt, who knows what they can do in this 2021 class. Yeah, and like you mentioned about Sean Miller, he's a terrific recruiter. Um, last year was just a very, very strange year for him. Like you said, he had to recruit internationally. Um, this next year is class 2021 looks like he's getting things back in shape. Yeah. Back to the Nico Mannion days. And that, that seems like a long time ago, but it was actually two years ago, which is pretty crazy to think about. Actually, technically it was one year ago because yeah. obviously he was a freshman last year, but, uh, it feels like it's been so long ago since he's actually been at Arizona and uh, obviously he's going to the draft now. So best luck to him and mock draft. It might be coming pretty soon, so definitely stay tuned for that. And the actual draft is actually coming really soon as well, and we haven't really talked about it on our radar. Obviously, we're so focused with our conference previews. So the draft has kind of been creeping up on us. So uh, I think the combine or, like, um, something's going on right now. It's, like, individual workouts or something like that. But uh, Anthony Manwitz had one a couple days ago, and uh, a couple other guys will probably have some soon. So definitely watch out for those because it's kind of like the combine combined. And obviously, it's not, like, all together, but uh, it's pretty spread out. But um, it's just pretty interesting to see, and the draft is slowly creeping up on us, like I said. Yeah, definitely. And obviously, we've we've done – it's been a while since we've done the block draft. Maybe we'll surprise you guys with one. You guys got to stay tuned. Maybe it'll be an Instagram Live if you didn't see that one. It was a pretty interesting one. Obviously, we talked about our top 25. If you didn't see that, it is on our Instagram for the uh, – it's just an IG video, so uh, definitely check that one out. It's pretty cool just to interact with all the fans and stuff on that. I know we didn't say that uh, for our last episode, episode 66, but uh, that one was a pretty fun one, although it was kind of disorganized, I guess. It was still pretty fun to just talk to the fans as we went through our top 25 improved. Mm-hmm. 
All right, so uh, let's just kick things off with the waivers now. Decent amount of waivers here for today. Uh, just not going to waste your time, so we'll just kick things off with uh, a very big waiver here, and it's going to be Chonity Brown from Michigan. Transfer from Wake Forest, uh, average 12 points, 12 points per game, uh, six and a half rebounds and two assists per game this past season. We'll have at least one year of eligibility remaining for Michigan. Uh, this is a very big pickup here for Michigan. I talked about Michigan making a little bit of noise earlier for this 2020 season. And this was one of the big pieces that they were hoping to get eligible, and they finally did. So uh, what are your thoughts on this? And this is a good pickup for Michigan. Yeah, very good waiver. Uh, much needed for Michigan. He would definitely be that starting small forward for Michigan um, as of right now. And Michigan, they look pretty interesting. Um, I don't know where I'm going to put them in the Big Ten. That, that's, that's very – it's going to be very interesting where I put them. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. It's a very interesting team this year. Obviously, they lost out on a lot. I mean, the Julius is gone. A couple other guys are gone. And if they could have got some guys like Isaiah Todd, man, oh, man, this team could have been a lot different. And obviously, Isaiah Todd, we haven't talked about him in a long, long time. But uh, he was going to go to Michigan, and then he decided to go to the G League on that team, that super team for the G League. I'm still very excited to watch that team play. I know we haven't talked about that in years, it seems like. But uh, that team should be pretty uh, exciting to watch coming up pretty soon. But uh, – Michigan, I think this will be a decent team. They could have been a very good team if they got all the pieces that they should have got. But unfortunately, that's just not how it works. But uh, Chandy Brown coming in, getting a waiver, very good news for them. So I'm excited to see what they can do with it. And obviously, we're not going to spoil our rankings because the Big Ten, uh, Big Ten Conference preview is coming up next episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, next waiver, Sam Sessoms of Penn State. He's a transfer from Binghamton. Averaged nine, 19.5 points, five rebounds, five assists, and one and a half steals this past season. Uh, two years of eligibility remaining. Very lethal scorer last year for Binghamton. Um, projected to be on the bench here for Penn State. Um, is this a good pickup despite what they're losing? Yeah, I think this is a very good pickup despite what Penn State is losing. Obviously, they lost down so much, including their coach, Pat Chambers. But uh, just getting a lethal score on the bench here in sessions, it's a very good pickup for them. Uh, Penn State's another very interesting team to rank for the Big Ten. I honestly don't know where I'm going to rank them, but uh, – Obviously, without their head coach, I think this team will definitely see a little bit of a drop-off for me and my original rankings that I was going to have. But uh, it's going to be a very interesting place to see where I put Penn State. Obviously, lose out on the top guy. And uh, I just don't really know what's going to go for them. So very interesting to see. But uh, obviously, next episode, we will get where Penn State is ranked in our rankings. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you. It's going to be very interesting for Penn State as well. Like you said, um, Coach Pat Chambers, he had to resign. And, yeah, uh, very interesting rankings coming up next episode. All right. And next waiver, uh, just a recent one for this a couple hours ago. Uh, Robert Allen out of Ole Miss, transferred from Sanford, averaged 14 points a game, seven rebounds a game, one-half assists and one-half blocks per game this past season. He will have two years of eligibility remaining at Ole Miss. Uh, this is a very big addition here for Ole Miss. And Ole Miss is a very sleeper team with all these waivers they're getting. Uh, most of these guys are eligible to play for this season. and the waivers that they got and the transfers that they got, they should be a very big impact for this Ole Miss team and all of the SEC, I think. So uh, what are your thoughts on this waiver here for Allen? Yeah, um, Allen def- he initially got his waiver denied by the NCAA the first time. Uh, they appealed and he got the waiver. So great job by the NCAA finally realizing their mistakes. Um, hopefully you guys can do the same for the other 11 you guys rejected. But, yeah, huge, huge get here for Ole Miss. Like I said, um, they're just, they've just put themselves in a position to win. 
Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. And uh, I'm pretty sure, like I said, everyone on this Ole Miss team has gotten a waiver to play for this season. So all of those guys that are coming into this team for the first year, they should all be a very big impact. And Allen especially, I don't know if he'll start for this team. He might, but he might be one of those first guys off the bench because uh, this Ole Miss team has just so many more weapons now that they didn't have last year. And uh, obviously three, t- three people on this uh, on their starting five from last year are returning as well. So uh, that's just a very good recipe for hopefully a pretty good season in the SEC. And obviously SEC is the last conference we're going to be previewing. So expect to see Ole Miss probably somewhere pretty good now that all their guys have received waivers. Mm-hmm. Next, Amoju, Amoja Gibson, sorry, of Oklahoma. He's a transfer from uh, North Texas. Averaged 14 and a half points, two rebounds, two assists, one and a half steals this past season. At least one year of eligibility remaining, maybe two. Very big waiver here for the Sooners. Uh, we'll talk them. We'll talk about them momentarily. Yeah, I don't want to spoil where we got them. Obviously, we're going to talk about them in a couple minutes. And as well as Texas Tech, as Mac McClung has gotten a waiver. Obviously, going to Texas Tech this year. Transfer from Georgetown. Average 16 points a game, three runs a game, two and a half assists per game, and one and a half steals per game this past season. He will have at least one year of eligibility remaining, maybe two. Uh, these two guys are pretty unsure on what their um, years left are going to be. But uh, this is a very, very, very big waiver here for all of college basketball. As Texas Tech just gets a whole lot better. And this is very scary news for all of college basketball. But uh, obviously, we're going to have to talk about Texas Tech in a couple minutes. So without further ado, I think we should just kick things off with the Big 12 Conference preview. Yeah. Um, it was pretty pretty all right ranking these teams. Um, obviously, top top five were set and in the bottom five that that was kind of the hard part of the middle of the pack was the hardest yeah top five is definitely set and middle of the pack was definitely the hardest and uh i do have a couple changes to mine i mean they're pretty last minute changes but uh who knows i don't know if this will actually be right or not but i just got a feeling in my gut that uh something something about these rankings might not be the same uh for both of ours and who knows what will happen but i think it's going to be a very good season uh for the big 12 this year Mm-hmm. Um, so let's get started for you for you guys that are new here. Um, we go player of the year, dark horse, and ten to one, I believe. Uh, is it ten? Yeah, it is ten. You're right. So uh, player of the year, I think this is a pretty easy choice for me at least. I got Jared Butler here from Baylor. Uh, who else but Jared Butler? I mean, he averaged 16 points a game, three rebounds, three assists, and one and a half steals per game this past season. Uh, Butler was one of the most um, Important pieces on that Baylor run last year, a top five team in all of college basketball last year, and he was also returning as an all-conference player from last year. So he's definitely going to deserve uh, this Player of the Year award. Maybe he could have got it last year, but I think who they gave it to and Azabuki was definitely the right decision there. But uh, Butler, I think he definitely deserves it this year, so that's why I got him as my Player of the Year. Yeah, um, I got a very bold take here. I got Marcus Garrett winning the Player of the Year of Kansas, another Kansas guy, two consecutive years in a row. Um, Garrett, he actually won the Big 12 player of the, uh, Defensive Player of the Year and the National Defensive Player of the Year last year. And although he was the starting shooting guard last year, he led the team in assists and will be the point guard this year with Devon Dawson's uh, departure. And also, Azubuki's gone, so he's definitely going to be one of the top options here. So his 9.5 points would definitely inflate along with his 4.5 rebounds, 4.5 assists, and two steals. Yeah, I definitely see Garrett getting a big jump in his production. And uh, he's going to be that top guy in Kansas probably. And who's going to support him? I don't really know yet. So Kansas in my rankings 
it's definitely a very tricky place to rank them considering who they got coming back. But uh, obviously we're going to talk about them when we actually get to our rankings. But uh, we still have a dark horse to talk about. And my dark horse, it might be a pretty simple one, but I don't think there's too many dark horses in this conference, honestly. So I just went with Oklahoma State here. And this Oklahoma State team, a very new and hungry team emerges, and they look to make some very good strides this year. Unfortunately, as, you, as some of you may know, this team does not get to play in a postseason tournament. Uh, there was some scandals back in 2016, 2017, and it, and finally it caught up to them. So this year they have to pay for it. I still don't really know why it's this year, but unfortunately it is. So um, the guys can't really get to that tournament. I think this team could probably be a tournament team if things like happened um, differently, but uh, obviously that is not the case. Uh, this team is led by a new star, Cade Cunningham, one of the most hyped up prospects uh, for this um, season. And he's going to make a very big impact right away for Oklahoma State and probably all of college basketball. And another guy coming back on the squad is Isaac Wakikle from Oklahoma State as well. He was probably one of the top options on last year's squad. And this team, they finished in the middle of the pack last year, but definitely this year, I think they will be around that middle of the pack as well. But uh, this Big 12 Conference, I think it's, it's, it's going to be a lot better in comparison to last year. So at number where I had the number six or seven for this team, it's going to be pretty good in all of college basketball this year. Mm -hmm. uh, my dark horse, I don't know if this is a dark horse, but I have West Virginia here. Um, I know I haven't talked a lot about this team, but they're definitely a great team. They have one of the highest floors in college basketball, definitely the safest option to reach the top three, maybe even number two um, due to their experience in chemistry. Um, obviously led by Oscar Tashibwe, and they have one of the best front courts in, in this conference and a, a very solid backcourt as well. Um, definitely a team to watch for. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. West Virginia is a team we have not really talked about in all of our um, top 25s and Big 12 conference previews. And uh, I actually did put them in my last top 25, the one on the IG Live. So if you didn't check that one out, definitely go check that one out. And West Virginia, they've – and a lot of people – and a lot of reporters on top 25s, they've been in there. And I like pretty high. I think it's been 16 or 17 where those reporters haven't put in West Virginia. So uh, – Obviously, this team doesn't really lose anyone, but uh, they don't really gain anyone of that significance back for this upcoming season or gain anyone new for this upcoming season. So that's why this team's not really talked about, but uh, they did finish in a pretty good place last year in the Big 12. So I definitely expect them to be another very good team this year in the Big 12 as well. Mm -hmm. All right. So without further ado, uh, let's just kick things off with the actual rankings. Like you said earlier, we got 10 to 1 today. And unfortunately, we do have the same bottom three. So I think we should just get right into it. And our number 10 is Kansas State. Unfortunately, it's a very tough outing once again for this Kansas State team. Three seasons ago, if you remember that far, uh, this team did a lot of very good wonders in that March Madness tournament led by Dean Wade. And uh, I don't really know what he's doing right now, but uh, Dean Wade was one of the best guys to come from this Kansas State program. And I don't know if he's in the NBA. I know he's on the Cavs. He is in the NBA. He's yeah. In, he's on the Cavs. Yeah, he's still on the Cavs, so yeah, I, I didn't even know that. But um, this Kansas State team three years ago, I believe they went to the Sweet 16, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, they had a very big run as the nine, nine seed, right? Yes, because yeah, yeah Virginia yeah. lost to UMBC, and they beat UMBC. So yeah, yep. exactly. And uh, this team just had a very good run. But unfortunately, that was a, a little bit of a time ago. This team does lose their three top op options for this upcoming season. And two of them are transferring out. One of them did graduate. But regardless, it is still a rebuild up ahead for this Kansas State team, unfortunately. So that's why I have them at number 10. 
Yeah, I have them at number 10 as well. Even two seasons ago, they made the tournament and they were a nationally ranked team. They were in the top 20. And yeah, this team last year was just flat out awful with three conference wins. And not to mention, they lose their top three scores from that team. Um, hopefully, Coach Bruce Weber, he'll look to inject some life back into that program. Yeah, I definitely agree with that one there. And uh, number nine, obviously another similarity, uh, TCU is here. Uh, TCU does take a decently big hit to their roster, obviously losing their star in Desmond Bain. They do bring back their second and third options in Nemhard and Samuel. Um, and, yeah, I mean, this team, it's, it's a pretty overwhelming season last year. They only had five conference wins, and uh, obviously they finished second to last in the conference. But uh, I think this year it will be a pretty similar situation as well. Maybe they can move up one or two spots, depending on how good Nemhard and Samuel do as the top two options. So uh, this TCU team, pretty underrated team. I think they can move up a couple spots. But as of right now, I just got them at number nine. Mm-hmm. I have them at number nine as well. Obviously, like you said, they lose their star Desmond Bain. Uh, but they're still not a bad team at all. It's just I believe the other eight teams above them are just better. Yeah, and you can definitely make a case for them being number eight. I definitely agree with that. So uh, speaking of number eight, I do have Iowa State here at number eight. Uh, this team, it's going to be their first year without your GOAT, Tyrese Halliburton. You're very high on him, and uh, unfortunately, he is going to the draft. But uh could be a lottery pick, probably will be a lottery pick, and maybe a top ten player in that draft. So we're going to have to wait and see what happens with that. But uh, this Iowa State team doesn't, does bring in some pretty good transfers led by Tyler Harris from Memphis. And unfortunately, one of their other transfers, uh, Blake Hinson from Ole Miss, uh, will be out for the season due to a disease or illness. Uh, wasn't really classified. I don't think it is COVID, but I don't really know what it is. But so it's obviously a team uh, classified information. So, uh, yeah, I mean, this team does bring in the second option, receiver Bolton. Uh, he's going to be another very vital piece to this Iowa State team. But uh, the, he's going to be probably be the big focal point on that team for this year, as Halliburton was uh, a season ago. And obviously he did get injured. So what this team could have been last year, we don't really know. But uh, I think Iowa State will be in a similar place to last year. They were finishing the bottom three last year, if I'm not mistaken. So that's why I got them here at number eight. Mm-hmm. Like you said, they lose Halliburton. And if you guys don't know, I really hype him up a lot. I believe he is the best guard in that draft. Um, but obviously, Iowa State, another trend we didn't mention, uh, Jalen Coleman lands of DePaul, who was granted a six-year of eligibility, trying to get his seventh year as well, which is unheard of. Um, but, yeah, they have Razier Bolton returning, like you mentioned, and they have a very surprisingly good offseason. Um, they got a couple of top 100 recruits, so I could definitely see them moving up one or two spots. And eight, I definitely think, is their floor. And do we know if Coleman Lands got his seventh year yet, or is he still we waiting for a waiver? We do not. Yeah, so definitely going to have to wait and see what happens within three weeks of now. But uh, will he get his seventh year? I mean, I, I'd hope not, but uh, it is what it is. He usually finds his way to get around wa- uh, waivers and get his years in. So maybe he will be reaching his seventh year, or maybe not. We'll have to see what happens. Uh, number seven, I, we do have a final change here. Uh, first change of today. I do have Oklahoma here at number seven. This Oklahoma team does bring back some pretty solid uh, rotation pieces despite losing their top option and do little. Uh, they do return two double scores and Reeves and Manic, and they're probably going to lead the way for the Sooners team. And as stated earlier, a waiver coming in who's going to be eligible is Gibson from North Texas. He's going to be a very big piece to that scoring right away for this Oklahoma, Oklahoma team. So uh, they're going to bounce toward the top five last year. 
And believe it or not, this team finished in a four-way tie for third last year. It kind of blows over people's heads that they were in. Uh, they were a top-five team in the Big 12 last year, or I guess top six if you want to call it that. But uh, this Oklahoma team is still very capable of doing some very good things despite losing Doolittle. So unfortunately, I have them here at number seven. But in all college basketball world, number seven in the Big 12 is a pretty high rank uh, for that team. Mm-hmm. Uh, number seven here, like you said, we had a flip-flop. I have Oklahoma State here. Um, they're bringing the, a big recruiting class led by Cade Cunningham. Unfortunately, like you mentioned, they, they would receive a postseason ban for this year. And while they're, they're talented, <clears throat> seems to be a lack of chemistry right now with all that inexperience. And yeah, Annie, uh, he transferred out to SMU. Uh, that's a big that's a big hole at the five position there with him leaving. Yeah, I definitely agree with that statement right there. And I still do have Oklahoma State at number six. I think the hype coming in with Cade Cunningham is definitely going to carry this team uh, a lot. I think he's a very good player. Obviously, I haven't really seen him play um, a lot, but I know he's like he was the number one recruit in that 2020 class for a reason. And we're definitely going to see that as the season plays out this year for Oklahoma State. And like you said, big man presence is definitely the lowering factor there for Oklahoma State. Will they have one this year? I don't know. I don't know who will step into that role. But uh, they got the scoring there. Obviously, with Keith Clay and Kate Cunningham now coming in. So well, I definitely think this Oklahoma State team can be a pretty solid team for this upcoming season. Uh, number six might be a little too high for them. They could flip, definitely flip-flop with Oklahoma. I definitely agree with that. But as of right now, I think they're just a little bit higher than them. So that's why I have them at number six. Mm-hmm. Now, number six, Oklahoma, obviously. Um, they lose their leader in Doolittle, but they bring back nearly everyone else. Um, Austin Reeves, he's a definite all-conference player. And just after that, they just have a bunch of solid, fundamentally sound guys. This team might not be the most well-known or the flashiest team, but they're definitely a bubble team entering a season. Yeah, and back to the similarities we go. Number five, I have West Virginia here. This team just resurfaced in my top 25, like I said earlier, a team that is very heavily slept on for all of college basketball. Uh, they bring back pretty much their whole rotation from last year. Uh, Lee scoring Oscar Deshibwe comes back. He's going to be probably an all-commerce player this year. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there's not really much to talk about this team. Obviously, Coach Bob Huggins, he's a very good coach, very underrated coach, I believe, as well. So, uh, you know that he's going to obviously lead this West Virginia team to a pretty good place in the Big 12. And maybe this team can make it back to the uh, March Madness tournament. I definitely see it as a possibility with this team, uh, with this conference, bringing in five teams. I definitely think, think that is a possibility. So right now, West Virginia is the number five team for me, but this team could do a lot of good things for their season. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, I have them here as well. This is my dark horse, but like you said, um, just a very good team, very high floor. Um, with with the other couple teams above, they, they have some uncertainties. West Virginia could take advantage of that and maybe move a lot of spots ahead. But, yeah, just a very high floor, high ceiling team. Yeah, I definitely agree with that statement. And another similarity here, number four. You know what I got here, number four. I'm wearing the shirt. I got Texas here at number four. Uh, Sharka Smart's year. I believe in Sharka this year. This year has to be his year, or else he probably will be up the door for Texas. But uh, like I said, this is make it or break a year for him. And uh, this is Texas team pretty much returning everyone on last year's rotation and obviously adding a top 10 recruit in Greg Brown. Definitely helps this team. So, man, oh, man, just watch out for this team. I think this team can do a lot of very good things, led by Matt Coleman, Jericho Sims. I can go on all about who's on this team. And watch out for Andrew Jones, obviously one of the best players in all of college basketball. Uh, his story is just amazing uh, to hear. And he obviously battled through leukemia, and he is uh, finally able to play. 
that's just the greatest story I've ever heard in all college basketball. So uh, Texas, very high on them. Obviously, they're my team, so I got to root for them. And let's go Longhorns, baby. Yeah, um, I have Texas here as well. Very high ceiling. They definitely showed that they have a lot of potential last year, but just, just some bad losses they had last year under Shaka. And he turns everyone, adds five-star Greg Brown. Um, this should be the best team Shaka's had here, and they should safely be in the tournament if nothing goes wrong. Yeah, I really hope so. I mean, this team, I think they're destined for a tournament spot, but uh, it's just a matter of if they can do it. And I don't really know if that, that question is, has been answered yet. Obviously, we're going to have to wait and see what happens with the season. But uh, we do have another change here at number three. I actually put Kansas here at number three. You might be thinking, wow, you put Kansas at number three? Yes, I do have Kansas at number three right now. With my top 25, obviously I have uh, your number three team and Kansas very neck and neck in my top 25 rankings. But uh, as of right now, I'm going to put Kansas here at number three. And losing to Stoza, I think it definitely hurts their chances alongside, obviously, uh, Dotson and Azubuki, who both graduated. But uh, I think they need some other guys besides Garrett to earn their roles and be some of these top options on this Kansas team. And right now, I don't really know who that might be. I know five-star Bryce Thompson's coming in, but uh, I don't really know who that top option is going to be besides Garrett. So with that, with that being said, I do have Kansas here at number three. Obviously, they are a blue blood. Uh, don't get me wrong. They're, they're going to be the tournament team. They always are. They always will be. So uh, definitely not surprised that they will make the tournament. And they're probably going to be a top 15 team in all of college basketball. But uh, I just think that number two team might be a little bit better than Kansas right now. So that is why I have Kansas at number three. Yeah, um, that number three team I have is Texas Tech. Um, team. This team is slowly on the rise. Uh, I remember the top first top 25. I believe I have them in the top 20. They've now approached the top 10 slowly but surely. And that McClung waiver, that's huge. That gives them much needed depth. And this team, I believe they're a tall guy away from being a complete team. We know Marco Santos Silva. He's their center, but he's a 6'7 center. Um, you're obviously going to need a guy a lot taller than that to play in a power conference, but Chris Beardy should have no problem figuring this out. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And for that reason, I do have Texas Tech at number two. Believe in the hype, man. I'm, I'm believing in this hype for Texas Tech. Chris Beard's squad is looking pretty much complete now. Obviously, they are a big man away from being a very good team. And then the clone waiver was definitely the equalizer and why I put Texas Tech in front of Kansas for now. And uh, this team hadn't lost. Jamarius Ramsey and David Moretti, or Davier Moretti, uh, who knows what this team could have been. Obviously, they probably couldn't have got all those waivers and transfers, but uh, they got them all, so uh, it doesn't really matter. Obviously, bringing in Burton, obviously bringing in Santos Silva, and now McClung, all else will play this season. Man, oh, man, it should be a very good season for Texas Tech. And the perfect storm is brewing for these Red Raiders. And if they can get a big man, who knows what they can do. But uh, believe it or not, I don't think some of these teams really have a really big, big man. I mean, Kansas did. I mean, it was the Souza. Obviously, do McCormick coming back, but uh, I don't really know how that will favor out for Texas Tech and Kansas. So uh, I just got Texas Tech ahead of them right now. That obviously changed throughout the season. They're going to be flip flopping all season, I think. But right now, I do have Texas Tech here at number two. Yeah, um, now my number two, Kansas. Um, they were the best team in college basketball last year. Uh, no ifs or buts, but it looks a, different, a lot different now. Azubuki and Dawson are leaving, and while I do have a solid backcourt in Thompson. Garrett and Habaji, and I know yeah, you have a name. That four and five, that, that looks real suspect. Even with uh, McCormick coming back, it just looks real suspect. Uh, but Bill Self, he's a Hall of Fame coach, and he should figure it out. 
Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I definitely think he will figure it out. He's honestly one of the best coaches in all of college basketball. So you expect him to figure it out. I mean, he always does. So he probably will for this season once again. And uh, number one team here, no question here, Baylor, obviously. Uh, this team has been and is my number one team in all of college basketball this year. And uh, returning Butler, Macy Oteague, and a couple other very big additions. This Baylor team is just looking to be another very good one once again. And uh, obviously Coach Scott Drew, very underrated coach. This team's definitely a very good two-way team, probably a top three two-way team in all of college basketball. And uh, they only do lose two starters. Uh, they do have plenty of depth returning. So I got Baylor here at number one. And you must be proud of me because I spelled uh, Macy Oteague's name right. Mm -hmm. You also pronounced it right, which is, which is good as well. Um, Macau Teague is what he, he's, he's used to saying, but I, I've had to correct him because it, it's bothered me a lot. Um, but, yeah, Baylor here at number one, obviously. We've talked so much about their backcourt and Teague and Butler, their depth, their two-way ability. Um, just, just a great team. I have, I have no other words to say. Yeah, and Macy Oteague, if you are watching this, I apologize. I got your pronunciation right, and I will never forget it now. And uh, expect very good things from you and your Baylor team this year. So uh, that's why I got you as my number one team. And you should be more mad at Min because he does not have you as your number one team in all college basketball as he has Villanova there. But we will talk about Villanova in our Big East preview coming up in two episodes. Yeah, uh, that concludes our Big 12 preview. And, man, approaching three weeks left until the college basketball season. That, that's, that's crazy. It is very crazy and almost as crazy as this Big 12 conference. I think a lot of these teams, probably the top seven, can all compete for, like, a very good spot in the rankings. And uh, I, I personally still think five teams from this conference can make the uh, March Madness tournament and get a easily, that tournament. Five teams easily. Yeah. Easily, and that just shows how deep this Big 12 conference is last year. I mean, this year. Last year, you, you could make a case that five teams could have made it, but I think definitely three teams definitely could have made it for last year. But uh, it just shows that this, this conference got a lot deeper and a lot more talented. So I'm really excited to watch this Big 12 conference pan out for this year. Mm -hmm. Same here. You can even make the case for six and seven to be in the tournament. Uh, too bad Oklahoma State uh, they got their postseason ban. Um, but, yeah, definitely a, a very competitive conference this year. And next next conference we have is a, another very competitive conference in the Big Ten. Yeah, and if you saw last year's race, you definitely know why it's going to be a competitive conference. And uh, a three-way tie for first last year, who that first team will be this year, still a question mark. And, I mean, we know who we have it's going to be, but uh, it's still a very close race between those top three teams. And maybe you could say maybe in the top five. And, uh Anywhere between number four and the end, I think it's a pretty close race between all of those teams. I mean, maybe maybe a couple of teams not there, give or take, but uh, you know what I'm saying. So, uh, Big Twelve top, of, I'm sorry, Big Ten top to bottom. It's gonna be a very competitive conference. Yeah, I'm just excited to see how many teams can actually make it to the tournament this year for that conference. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like I said, uh, that concludes today's episode. Um, hope you guys uh, voted. Hope you guys are staying safe and. Obviously, three weeks left. Uh, please stay safe, and it's always March. It's always March, baby. Thank you guys for watching.